Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. We pushed our Humvees up on top of the, of the road, basically skylining ourselves to God and everyone. And we just, we basically sat there and waited for whatever, um, whatever was going to come our way, which uh, they threw at us uh, in the form of rockets, mortars, RPGs, small arms fire. Still pretty, you know, pretty fresh in my mind as, as I think about it quite a bit. It was an intense battle. Um, I think it's one of the most intense battles that the Marine Corps has been in since Vietnam. And so I knew that, but I didn't know the extent of what he had been through. So we had been married four years, and I had no idea he was dealing with this. And that year of our marriage was, I mean... It was bad. It was, yeah. It was really bad. And it was I caused a lot of friction in the, in the marriage because I didn't want to talk about anything that was going on with me. We didn't date for very long. There was no long courtship. I want to say we barely knew each other, and we didn't have a solid foundation. When you look back, and when I look back at it, like everything about it, we probably shouldn't have made it. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. When we first met, um, I was active duty. Um, we were both in the Marine Corps, and I had already done a deployment to Iraq and a deployment to Japan, and I was just kind of dating and I guess just living my best life when I think about it. And I think at the time I thought I was living my best life, but I really wasn't. I was just partying a lot and drinking a lot. Hannah and Nick met when they were both doing a rifle qualifying drill at Camp Pendleton. It was a long day. They had to get there at three in the morning and then be there until about sundown. I think that's when I looked the worst and probably really rough because I'm in camis and I'm dirty and I'm stinky. And uh, I didn't stand out with the, the other, I guess, the guys that I was on the 
uh, at work with because, you know, I see them all the time. So I kind of went to the other crowd, which is people I didn't know yet. And, you know, started talking to Hannah and the rest is history. So here we are. (laughs) Now, it's fairly common for female Marines to date male Marines. And that's because the number of women in the Marine Corps is so small. When you spend all day at work with this group of guys, and the Marine Corps isn't just going to work, it's kind of a culture and a lifestyle. It's almost just kind of naturally you're going to meet someone that you work with. And so I feel like it's more common for women Marines to end up being dating or marrying another Marine. Our courtship lasted like four or five months, six tops. No. Yeah. We met in March, the end of March, and we were married the very last day of May. Two months. No, we met before your birthday. I don't. We're going to argue about this okay, for a second. Yes. <laughs> so we'll just we'll 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 agree to disagree and say we met at like the end of April, beginning of March. So anyway, going uh, going through that, it was very very short. We eloped in Las Vegas. We literally decided, like, on a Monday, like, there was no proposal. We didn't even have rings. We were just like, let's go get married this weekend. And so we were stationed in San Diego at the time, and my friend's mom was a flight attendant and hooked us up with some plane tickets. And we stopped by the mall on the way to the airport on Friday after we both got off work and bought wedding bands and got on the airplane to Vegas, which technically it's outside of our range of travel on a regular weekend. You have to get approval from the Marine Corps if you want to travel further than so many miles. And we went to Vegas and we had dinner at Hooters. It's very romantic and very classy. And yeah, <laughs> key lime, key lime pie margarita. Martini. martini. I had a key lime pie martini. <laughs> and we like we flagged a cab down. We're just like, can you take us to the courthouse? Then we went back to the cab. This is even before Uber, so it was like a taxi. And we we're like, we didn't even know where to get married, so we asked him to drive us to just any chapel. And do you remember the name of it? Stained Glass Chapel. Yeah, the Stained Glass Chapel. And we were married by Alejandro. Yes, and he was. He said he was Japanese, but his name is Alejandro, which. I don't get Threw that. Us off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this all happened on Friday night. And then at midnight, we went back to the Hooters Hotel because yep. they had like a country western bar to celebrate. We had one drink and then we went back to the hotel room, went to bed. And then we woke up the next morning to catch a flight back to San Diego. And Nick went to work. <laughs> Just like that. Being in the military, especially in the Marines, takes up a lot of your time. Hannah and Nick both had demanding active duty jobs. Nick was a recruiter and Hannah was working as a drill sergeant. We really didn't see each other for the, uh, the better part of our first year, yeah. There wasn't a lot of time in between to go home, so I usually just stayed at work. There were times where I'd go to my truck to leave and I'd fall asleep in the driver's seat and sleep in the parking lot and wake up the next morning uh, just to run back in the squad bay and get the kids up, running up and down, yelling and screaming like a maniac, getting them dressed, getting them outside, getting getting them to breakfast, getting them to classes, getting them to physical training, getting them back to, you know, the squad bay for 
some more training and then, you know, back and it just, it's just a vicious cycle. And we joked that our marriage worked out because we never saw each other the first few years. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't come home for weeks sometimes. Yeah, I barely saw him. And so I feel like in terms of marriage, we didn't date for very long. There was no long courtship. From 2008 to 2012, after we did our special duty assignments, Nick deployed to Afghanistan twice within that time. And we had a baby before his first deployment. And then he deployed um, six months after she was born. That first deployment was the roughest. Nick was gone for seven months. I didn't realize it till way later, but I probably was dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression. And that was probably exacerbated by the fact that my husband left. And I think I did a lot of crying. I mean, you probably, that deployment such a blur for me because I feel like all I did was cry. And I lost an unhealthy amount of weight. I was trying to lose baby weight, but it kind of became obsessive for me because it was the only thing I could control in my life. And I know when Nick came home, he was kind of shocked at how thin I was. Like, it, I look back at those pictures from homecoming and I was just, I looked sick. <laughs> I was so skinny. And I feel bad now because I feel like all of our phone conversations went, during that deployment, they were more bad than good conversations. Am I making that up? <laughs> trying to think yeah there weren't there weren't a lot of good ones so it was really tough for her and I you know for me it wasn't I was on a you know I was on a Ford operating base I wasn't really in any sort of danger or anything daily life was pretty you know pretty simple which looking back at it now is kind of you know I felt bad because I was having a better time deployed than she was at home yeah and and he came back when she was 13 months old. And then he went back a year later. I feel like our first several years of marriage, we didn't really get a chance to have that honeymoon phase, right? Or get to really establish a really firm foundation. I want to say we barely knew each other and we didn't have a solid foundation. And I, when you look back and when I look back at it, like everything about it, we should, we probably shouldn't have made it. Demanding jobs, a new baby. It would have been stressful for any couple. But Nick was also suffering from something that happened long before he met Hannah. Let's pause here for a moment. More when we get back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order, 
and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. In 2004, before Nick met Hannah, he was deployed to the Al-Anbar province in Iraq. We were out in the little area out in the middle of nowhere, but, but you know, mid-distance between Baghdad and, and the Saudi Arabian border. And during that time, uh, I would say 60 to 70% of that time was uneventful. And then we were called to go to Ramadi one day to, to go and set up for a, a big offensive. We went as a provisional rifle company. And that's one of the, the uh, Marine Corps mantras is every Marine is a rifleman uh, and every a Marine officer is a rifle platoon commander. So at any point in time, they can pick up a rifle and, and go, go fight. That's what makes the Marine Corps different from a lot of the other services. We get the call to basically mount up and prepare to go to Camp Fallujah in preparation for Operation Phantom Fury. We pushed our Humvees up on top of the road, basically skylining ourselves to God and everyone. And we just we basically sat there and waited for whatever was going to come our way, which they threw at us in the form of rockets, mortars, RPGs, small arms fire. It's still pretty, you know, pretty fresh in my mind as, as I think about it quite a bit. So it's, it's something that's always there. And uh, I'm actually able to talk through it now. I couldn't, I couldn't do it before. And the night that the operation started, we set up and everything happened the way that we thought it would happen. They started shooting at us with AK-47s. We started taking pop shots from some larger caliber, 7.62, probably, you know, SKS. And then that rolled into some more complex style attacks mixed with mortars and rockets it felt like forever and at one point i there's probably a good 30 minutes of of my life that i do not do not recall nick suffered a concussion from the mortar blast but there were also longer ranging effects i didn't deal with it in a healthy way at all and i didn't know about any of this when we got married like i didn't find out till years later that I, I knew he, he had been to Fallujah, and I know Fallujah is a very, it was an intense battle. Um, I think it's one of the most intense battles that the Marine Corps has been in since Vietnam. And so I knew that, but I didn't know the extent of what he had been through until probably when I got out of the Marine Corps in 2012. So we had been married four years, and I had no idea he was dealing with this. And that year of our marriage was... I mean, it was bad. It yeah, was, it was really bad, and it was. I caused a lot of, a lot of uh, friction in the, in the marriage because I didn't want to talk about anything that was going on with me. And I want to. I mean, gosh. I mean, you were drinking. He had not come home one day, and he's like, "I'm just going to sleep in my office because I'm too drunk." And so. 
I'm just like livid at this point. And I have two kids. I have a baby. My son was just a newborn. And then my daughter, who's a toddler, that night when he said he was just going to sleep in his office, I was so angry. And so I woke up both my kids at two in the morning. My son used to sleep in just a diaper. And I was just so mad. I didn't even put a onesie on him. I just threw him in his car seat in his diaper and woke my daughter up. And we lived in the suburbs. And so it was a good... 30-minute drive into Boston where his office was and drove into Boston to his work, banging on his door, demanding him to come home. I was like, you need to come home and you need to sleep at the house. And I don't know, in my mind, I thought him seeing our kids would make him want to come home. Like I was like using my kids as leverage. And he was like, no. And he was just like, I will come home tomorrow and we will talk. And I think that was kind of the low point of that year. And so he came home the next morning and I remember we, I think we sat on the kitchen floor and just, I was like, I, you know, I think I'm going to, I'm going to move home back to Texas with my parents. If, you know, if this doesn't improve. And I thought that even threatening to leave with both children, he would be like, no, let's make it work. Cause if anything, I was like, he has to love our kids. And he was like, okay, And he's like, I'll buy you a ticket. You and the kids, a one-way ticket. And that was just so shocking to me. And I really just felt really unloved. So I called my mom, and my mom is the super strict Korean mom. And she is like, you are not moving back home at 28 years old with two kids. You're not moving back home. I kicked you out when you turned 18, you know? And my mom was basically just like, you need to work it out. You are grown adults. And my mom didn't know exactly what was going on. She just knew we were having problems. And so I think I was just like, oh my gosh, my mom doesn't want me home. And Nick wants me gone. I was like, I'm going to be homeless with two kids. (laughs) And it just kind of happened. But I just told Nick, look, I'm going to therapy for myself. And I would like if you came with me, but you don't have to. Through all of this, Hannah and Nick managed to keep up appearances. They kept going to church every Sunday, getting dressed up, shaking everybody's hands. When I look at some of the times we went to church during that time, we were so fake, which I feel like, man, how many people when we go to church are going through something at home but come to church with their family all dressed nice and with smiles on their face? And that was us. And our marriage was in shambles. During that time, we met a couple, Brian and Don. And they really just kind of mentored us. And I think I reached out to Dawn. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, my marriage is falling apart. Dawn and Brian might have saved Hannah and Nick's marriage. They reached out to Nick, invited him over. And when he went there, they talked to him about all the things he hadn't been able to talk to anyone else about. And spent several hours there and came back, I guess with the fresh outlook or something, because when he came back from talking to Brian is when he kind of agreed to start going to couples therapy with me. Couples therapy brought up everything they hadn't had time to talk about. All of Nick's history, his issues, and his pain. But also Hannah's own identity crisis about choosing to leave the Marines. No one tells service members that the hardest part of getting out of the service is getting out. Everyone is so excited to get out and drop their papers. And, 
if you talk to anybody who's getting ready to get out of the military, it's like a light at the end of the tunnel for them. And that's kind of what I thought. It was going to be all rainbows and unicorns, and it was going to be wonderful. But um, that transition is probably the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life, honestly. And I felt like I had lost a part of myself, my identity. I had served 10 years, so all I knew was how to be a Marine. And I had a lot of resentment towards Nick because he got to be, he got to be a Marine And I didn't anymore. And I'm like, I'm just home all day with this kid. And I kind of felt irrelevant. And I think this is around the time that Nick was starting to kind of process some symptoms from combat, your PTSD, PTSD type symptoms. And this was just when we were peeling back the first layer of that onion of what he was dealing with as far as his trauma from combat. And when I was first starting to really kind of learn about what he had gone through. But we made it. Yeah, we made it. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So Nick had taken the first steps to get help with his post-traumatic stress syndrome and dealing with everything that happened to him in Fallujah. But there was still some stigma, some baggage around the idea of PTSD and therapy in the armed forces. I think there's still a little bit of stigma attached to it, but they just don't want to call it therapy, if that makes any sense. Nick has gotten started going to... We call it the witch doctor, Marines call, or the wizard. Marines call the ther- a therapist. <laughs> we call therapists wizards or witch doctors because no one likes to use the word therapy or therapist in the, in the Marine Corps. <laughs> but he started going to therapy, which has been, I see a huge improvement in just how he handles things. And he's a lot more open with me about things he's going through. People get PTSD and TBI confused or they kind of mesh it all together. And we found out that Nick has um, traumatic brain injury from that explosion he suffered in 2004. And having TBI can actually have some of the same symptoms as PTSD, right? Yeah. And so getting treated 
for TBI plus the therapy, we I feel like we kind of have at least an end in sight or at least we have a name to like your issues. <laughs> My issue, yeah. A couple of years later, Nick and Hannah decided to make another big change. We went to college together. There's a program called the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program. It's where active duty Marines can get a bachelor's degree. And I applied for it. And then I told Hannah, we're going to go to college together. And she's like, we're going to Texas A&M. And I said, okay, we, yes. that's where we'll go. I'm from College Station, <laughs> Texas. And so that has kind of been my dream college. But I put it on the back burner because being married to someone active duty, I was like, there's no way that we could ever go back there and I could get my education there. But we were two 30-something-year-olds in college, on a college campus, raising two kids. And, I mean, we were like the grandparents in every class we were in. <laughs> but we, we majored in the exact same thing, so we had a lot of the same classes. And it was a really good time for our family because we had a lot of family time. We could pick our college classes based around our kids' schedules. And we, had, we just had a lot of, that was a good three years. Oh, yeah. Three, like three years of just being normal. Almost. Yeah. Like had neighbors that we talked to. <laughs> neighbors that weren't yeah. military. Yeah. Like we were like in just a regular neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It was great. We yeah. walked the kids to school every morning. You know, there, there for them when they came home. I think some there was like two semesters where I went to class like twice a week. And the rest of the time was on was just free time. It was amazing. At the end of the day, Hannah and Nick agree that it's therapy that saved their marriage. Through therapy, we also had to... I learned that everybody has some sort of... I don't want to say the word trauma, but something that happened in their childhood that affects them as adults. And um, both of us, like we both had very loving parents, but we both went through some things in childhood. And that was stuff that we had to bring up in therapy, which when I first went to therapy, I was like, no, this is not what I'm here for. If you look at divorce statistics in the military, I mean, we fell, we're like the stereotype. We should have been divorced within the first year or two of our marriage, um, statistically speaking, especially with the short courtship and all the baggage that we came into the marriage with. But I just love him. Sometimes the simplest things are the most difficult, like talking, talking to our spouse. Nick had to learn to do that. I don't like talking about anything. Like, I'll, I'm just happy sitting next to her. I'm good with that. But, you know, she, she I have to, to talk, talk to about me everything. About, yeah, about everything. <laughs> and I just listen. I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. And I think we both have kind of come to a, you know, a common agreement that she likes to talk a lot more than I do and I like to listen more than I like to talk. 
we didn't have those conversations that typical married couples have or typical couples that are dating have um, about our past and how we were raised and what our family life is like. And so we were having those conversations after we had kids and we were already established and then dealing with some really heavy stuff. So it was kind of everything all at once. Yeah, I think that going through all that stuff made us made us stronger because looking at all of it, I mean, I look back at it now, I'm like, we got through all that and there's, I don't think there's anything worse than what we've already been through that that can happen, at least on, on paper. But we made it. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. With special thanks to Nick and Hannah Romer. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Yunt. Live sound recording by Pablo Ramirez at Precision Tune Studios. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Kling. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.